Today's sponsor is Audible. Please visit audiblepodcast.com slash baldmove for a free audiobook download. This podcast is also brought to you by Dr. Brandon DeVito, Bald Move's official dentist. Daryl. Hey, Bob, what's up? Well, I've seen two groups of my own people die. I just feel like sometimes I'm just cursed to witness all these people killed. When it gets quiet at night, sometimes I need a little something. I've been stealing bottles when we go out. I've been putting people at risk. I just... That's bullshit. Now go hotwire that car. Ain't rocket science. Wow. You know what? Thanks, Daryl. That's a whole load off my mind. I feel better already. Go forth. Be a douchebag no more. Daryl, something's been troubling me. What's that, Dr. S? Herschel risked his life to save me. And in return, I ignored medical advice I've been given since I was three years old. I coughed straight into his face. In fact, I spit blood right into his eyes. It was awful. And now, I, I think he's been infected, and I... That's bullshit. Now go take this carburetor and rebuild it. It ain't brain surgery. Yes, yes. Thank you, Daryl. Thank you. Cover your mouth next time. Jesus. Daryl, I feel like I have to apologize. For what, Ty? It's just that I've been a, a total asshole. I've been mad about this killer running loose in our prison. And now my sister's sick, but, but really it's inexcusable. I've, I've let everyone down, putting you all at risk with my crazy ways. and uh, That's bullshit. Now take this screwdriver, strip some wire out of them old lamps over there. It ain't nuclear physics, man. I feel I feel like an enormous weight has been lifted off my chest. I never knew my, my conscience could feel this squeaky clean. Lord, I'm going to sleep well tonight. Daryl, I have something to confess. God damn it, Lori. If you're going to fuck around, you can get on before you get spit on. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Daryl, I got something to confess. Back before I was alive, uh, well, before everything changed, I did some pretty heinous things. I used to force Rick and Carl to eat my pancakes. Every Sunday, I made them tough. I made them lumpy. Sometimes I made them without any milk or water or any kind of liquid just to see how bad I could fuck them up and still have them eat it. Oh, they thought I didn't know, but I did. And That's I... bullshit. I'd give you some random menial tasks, but you're a ghost. So just, I don't know, discorporate or something. It ain't differential calculus. I don't even know what that means, but I feel so free. Like I can finally leave this plane of existence behind. Goodbye, Daryl. Goodbye. Good. You're driving Rick batshit. Get out of here. For real this time. Daryl, good that you're back from your run. I hear you got a way about you. You've been absolving people of their sins. I don't know about that. What I call bullshit is bullshit. Seems to help people. Well, I got something been weighing on me. When you guys didn't come back, me and Carol went on a run to get supplies and, well... She confessed that she killed Karen and David. Is that right? Yeah, and she wasn't sorry or nothing. I felt she took it upon herself to be 
judge, jury, and executioner. We can't have people making unilateral decisions about other people's lives without any sort of due process or consultation with the rest of the group. So I banished her. Wait, you what? I gave her some food, water, gas, told her she weren't welcome no more in our prison. So you took it upon yourself to kick out my theoretical speculative slam piece? Pretty much. I've been feeling just terrible, just terrible about it since the drive over here. Uh Uh-huh. Well, that is bullshit. Go to the armory, get one of them flashbangs we got left over, shine it up real nice, pull the pin, and cram it up your fake accent having limey ass, because that's going to be a lot less painful than when I get a hold of you and beat your ass right into the ground. Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. And I am Aaron. And this week we're covering season four, episode four, entitled Indifference. Uh, I think Aaron, the first time around, may have been indifferent to this episode. Uh, actually, indifference is probably not the word for what you were feeling. There was definite difference there that you had it was with a the down. episode. <laughs> I think people made a lot more of it than necessary because five out of ten is average. In fact, I think I'm going to stop giving numbers. Yes, please. So it was an average episode of The Walking Dead, um, and it wasn't what I was expecting. And what I found is you can have a well-acted, well-presented, well-edited, well-written piece of drama that I don't like because I don't agree with the direction they're taking it. And... I came from such a walk this weekend and off the last three episodes and really getting excited about what Gimple was doing with it. And I see them making decisions I think are going to hamstring them uh, later on down the line, and I get disappointed. And it comes through in my tone of voice and in my ratings. But, again, hmm. it's, you know, 5 out of 10 is just slightly below average. So I, I, and I, I if I was going to give a number again, I'd probably make it, I'd bump it up to six, but I'm not. So it's just it's just average for me. All right, good. I don't like giving numbers. I think, you know, what's the difference between a seven and a 7.5, really? I mean, half an integer value. <laughs> um, I, yes. Yeah, so so I will, um, I mean, as, as we go, I'll talk about the problems I had and where I think, you know, maybe it's a stumble here and there. But again, I... That's I, I saw several people be, be very confused about how I could praise the writing, the directing, the acting. It it, it I just didn't like the ideas, and I I think that's something that Roger Ebert always did well was articulate when he didn't like the project, but he admired the craft in which it it was it was it was executed in. Yeah, I think there's room for that. I mean, and, and that's that as, seems legitimate. Hopefully, as I continue to get better at this gig, I can do a better job at. At, at priming you that for for that so, all right, you can take over Ebert's slot <laughs> on television. Uh, let's get right into the recap now that oh, we've talked. For before five we minutes. do, I, okay. what, um, we're going to talk. Well, we're going to talk for just a minute mm-hmm. uh, about the Walker Stalker Con, and then we're actually going to have like a five or ten minute segment uh, after our uh, pimping. Um, you know, it's, it's just our our policy not to talk about non-show stuff for very long in the front. 
My 30 second review is I thought the con was awesome. I did too. It I was it. more fun than I thought it was going to be. It was so much better organized than any first year con had a right to be. Yeah. Uh, the fans were great. The cast was great. Uh, Eric and James from the Walker Stalker podcast did just knocked it out of the park. And I hear they're doing another one next year. They're going to add a location. I'm super interested to follow. I, I thank them for inviting us, uh, letting us do a panel. And are you checking your watch? What the hell's going on? My watch, I'm missing it. I must have given it to some survivors. <laughs> um, tapping your non-existent watch. 30-second uh, review, man. I'm just saying. I just, I just want to give them props <laughs> yeah. and say that uh, Absolutely. if anyone's kind of like sitting on the fence about not sure if it would be cool or not, I thought it was well worth uh, the time and money invested to go down there and check it out. All right. So we'll talk about more after the pimping, but let's get to the episode. Absolutely. Uh, we start off with Rick kind of double-checking Carol's story while she talks to Lizzie about... Um, it, it almost felt like a farewell, having watched it through one time already. The second time around, it was like, yes, I know what happens to Carol. This feels like her farewell to Lizzie and some parting words, you know? Yeah. Uh, it wasn't meant to be that from Carol because she obviously didn't know she was going to be left behind. But that's what it felt like to me. Yeah, I um, hmm. I again, I liked, I, I really liked the shot selection and how they did this. Um, I thought they were kind of trying to jam too many ideas in here. Um, yeah, it's too much, and and giving too much for the little girl playing Lizzie to do because she just can't carry that much. There was one moment where I thought she was good. Um, where Carol just said that you can't be afraid and. You have to, you know, get through it. And she was just like, how? How? How do I do that? Because, you know, this girl is kind of lost at this point. She's got no father, right? Yeah, it ain't getting any better, babe. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, the Rick Reaper comes back to prison. Um, yeah. I, I, Yeah, I just, especially I thought that the parts where she's saying about the walk and people come back and you're just different and all that mm-hmm. was a little too ham-fisted uh, way to get the themes they're wanting in there. Yeah, and it felt like this little girl is telling Carol that what she did is wrong, even though she has no knowledge of it, right? It's just kind of a way for the writers right. to, to give some moral guidance. Here. Very confused about Rick, the the reenacting in Rick's head of what she did, why so, they needed to do that as well. So I – well, I, okay, going back and watching it, I think it's very evident in this episode that uh, Rick has taken Carol on this trip to, A, judge who, who she is and – deal with her if he needs you to. don't think he had this all set up in his mind I don't think so the way he's like kind of reevaluating everything making sure he's got you know all the facts and everything and then there are some things that we'll talk about along the way um, where I think he's really making up his mind as he goes here do you think that she he could have been thinking about maybe killing her it's possible because the way I mean it's it seems like they were showing in retrospect, obvious, like, okay, he's preparing to gas and, and, and putting that, that he planned to give it to her later. Mm-hmm. But also, when they did that pan over the roll of knives, and he was kind of looking at that. And the missing knife. Oh, was that? Yeah, there was a knife missing out of that bag. Oh, okay. I thought they were, he was just like looking at <laughs> like, He's picking which out Which knife am I going to kill? Which looks later. like a Carol sticker. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I, so. Oh, uh, so what was the missing knife? Was that the one that she gave to Lizzie? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Or is that the, her knuckle-busting zombie sticker that uh, she, she's I, been using this of late? I assumed it was the one she gave to Lizzie, but I'm not certain of that. 
Um, Does so, not want Lizzie calling her mom. Ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Thank you very much. No, not at all. And also doesn't want her to be afraid. Uh, she's, like I said, with these parting words, she's telling her, you know, you're going to have to deal with some crap. So get used to it, but don't be afraid. Just keep fighting. And uh, eventually one day you'll change and you won't be afraid anymore. Yeah, I do like that. You fight and you fight it and you don't give up. And one day, I, I did like that part of this, this speech. And Melissa McBride crushed it this episode. Yeah, and we get like a little flashback here, which answers the question of whether or not Carol was the one who killed them. She right. absolutely was. And I guess maybe, yeah, and and I guess maybe they needed to show that too to make sure that you knew that um, they weren't zombified, that they were still alive and yeah. human when she did it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, question. That makes sense. If that was Glenn and Maggie, would she have done it? I really get the feeling after this episode that she is out to protect herself. And if that costs some lives, even of people she loves, I think I think so. I just wonder if there are some animal farm aspects that there was, you know, that the original group is a little more equal than everybody else in the eyes yeah. of her uh, side of the council anyway. I mean, it's possible. I, I wouldn't rule out the idea that she'd spare them and not anyone else. But, I mean... That just adds a whole other level of complexity, I think, is if she's willing to sacrifice Glenn and Maggie. Jeez. Yep. Um, but, yeah. I don't know. That's an interesting question that we will never know the answer to now. <laughs> All right. Let's move on then. Uh, Tyrese is washing his clothes in the river, but the group's, group wants to get a move on. And uh, Bob kind of is disturbed by the way that uh, Tyrese is behaving. He seems he's, lost. <laughs> he's My dad here, uh, my adoptive father... Uh, Chad Coleman playing Tyrese is being a bit of a dick in this episode. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know, and and I guess I missed a little bit of his, uh, motivation on my first view. I it didn't see did. that the reason yeah. that they had spent the night. Exactly. That one line about we lost a whole night. I I, I don't remember what I was doing, but I I I think we were just coming back from commercial break, and I was still maybe commenting on Facebook. I missed that part in the first one. Me too. And that explains why he's. I, I don't think it's a great reason, um, and it's it's a, a, a piece of kind of a personal weakness. I don't like to see my heroes, mm. um, but it is definitely the writers giving us a, some motivation for why he is being uh, a, a a dick yeah. because he thinks it's too late and they're just wasting their time. Absolutely, which kind of makes me wonder why Daryl didn't run in there and just call bullshit on that yeah. because he called bullshit on Bob wanting to give up Yeah. Uh, later on, so why not call bullshit on Tyrese? Well, yeah, and that's the other thing that I felt like there's a little... I mean, Michonne is the one lone counterexample, but I thought there could be a lot more people just calling people out. Yeah. Like, look, yeah. you want to lay down and die? There's a ditch right over there. <laughs> sure. If you want to get on, then get on. And uh, I, I thought that that Tyrese in particular needed everybody. Like, look, stop fucking around. If you want, if you, if you want to kill yourself, kill yourself. Yeah. But stop but try, fucking. Stop with, getting us killed. Yeah. Stop fucking with us. Yeah. We need you. We need you here. All of you here. Mm -hmm. And and I I wish that uh, there was a little bit more of that. Yeah. Uh, so then Rick and Carol are driving, and there's a conversation between them where Carol tries to justify the things that she's done uh, in, you know, killing Karen and David. Um, and we find out in this scene that 
this is one of those reasons why I think Rick took her out here to deal with her one way or another is that Maggie wanted to come and Rick didn't. Rick said, oh, she needs to stay behind. And Carol was like, you want someone there that you trust, right? So Carol clearly, I think, knows that Rick is kind of judging her here. Right. Uh, and maybe, obviously, doesn't trust her. Right. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. I kind of missed that on the first time through as well. No, yeah. You gotta stop that live tweeting, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's definitely something, because I, we even talked about this on our podcasting panels. I noted that sometimes I try to only um, interact with people during the uh, the commercials, uh-huh. but for some reason I was kind of just not feeling it from the get-go, and I know I was super tired and getting sick. I'm a little sick tonight. Um <laughs> Uh, getting off screen won't save you from the <laughs> Captain Trip flu that's about to ravage this apartment. Nah. Uh, but no, I, I just felt like that when that when the less I like an episode, the more I kind of get chatty with the fans, and hmm. it's kind of snowballed. I, I need to work on that for sure. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, we were both real tired from the Walker Stalker Con weekend, and uh, it was a challenge to stay up long enough to do that podcast. Honestly. I'd slept a couple hours the night before, so... <laughs> yeah, Brutal. you did. Uh, moving on. Yep, Daryl finds Jasper. Jasper not being a person, but being a rock. Uh, he's going to use it as a grave marker, apparently. Mm-hmm. I could not understand a damn thing that was being said during this scene. Yeah, Daryl... a word. Michonne and Daryl mumble. Daryl was talking with grits in his mouth the whole episode. <laughs> and I thought... I found it's weird because the second and third time I was throwing subtitles... Subtitles were getting things that Daryl's saying wrong. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, this is That's... really this is really interesting. Yeah, I, I had to watch this a couple times to get what he was saying. So what is the gist of this conversation here? Because I understood what they were saying, but I didn't understand why they were saying it. None uh, of it made sense to me. Okay, so he's basically saying he this I couldn't I couldn't understand if it's like someone's birthstone or what personal significance it had, but someone that recently died, mm-hmm. and he was he 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 saw it and was going to use it for the grave marker. And Michonne was impressed by that level of personal knowledge he had of their fellow prisoners. Okay. And he's like, well, you might learn some, you know, you might learn some things if you stick around for more than a couple. Gotcha. Of hours. I thought he could use the Jasper for something. Yeah. Like to to make something useful, and was telling her she might learn something if she stuck around. He's like, I'm I'm All one sixteenth right. of a way to a bitch in chess set. <laughs> this is gonna be my rook checkmate, Michonne. So yeah. Uh, okay, that makes a lot more sense. Thank you. Uh, so we go back to Rick and Carol, who are who pull up to a housing development, and they find an abandoned car. That's been there for at least a day, Rick says, uh, and and really only a day or two. Uh, but they keep searching for meds and food. Uh, I noticed in this scene, this is something we talked about over the weekend on our way to Walker Stucker. Uh, Rick's a single strapper. Carol's a double strapper. Yeah. Yeah. Did you catch that? Carol's way cooler nowadays. <laughs> nowadays, in the '90s, Rick. But, all but my old ass identified with Rick's single strapping his back. We're talking about backpacks. Yep. Some. Um, a, a magazine actually did a 3,500-word essay identifying when single-strapping a backpack stopped being cool and double-strapping it a la Kanye and NBA basketball players inexplicably doing it has been complete with pie charts and five-year breakdowns. It was crazy. Um, more than you wanted to know. <laughs> um, he also so, suggests here that if they can eat it, they take it. 
And my immediate thought was, even the dog food, Rick? Yeah. Even the dog food? He's are not you too sure? Good. He's not too good for dog food. Well, those are, right. for, the other, those are for the other prisoners. Oh, the, that's D-Block. Yeah, Forget about them. Yeah, they're the pig class. They're the, the, they'll feed oh, that no. to the horses. But um, uh, did you, I, I thought it also, this is the first sign that we're dealing with a bunch of fucking idiots. Is they're the kind of people that think it's funny to, in a zombie apocalypse... Mm. Handwrite, pardon our dust on their car. All right. I thought it was funny, too. You did? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So now I know what, what, <laughs> you know what kind of, what kind of dumbass I'm dealing with. <laughs> uh, we're moving on, then. Daryl's group uncovers another car, an overgrown one. Kudzu, man. It's the real menace of the South. Fuck the walking dead. That Kudzu. shit, you stand still for five minutes, just green mat over you. Oh, yeah. Well, so if you think about it, it's been like two years, right? So I'm kind of glad to see that they're taking that into account. Sure. And, you know, without society there trimming back nature, uh, it over it gr- grows over what we built. Just so. like your pubic hair. Oh, God. Uh, the battery's dead, so they search for one. Uh, Therese goes a little crazy, did, and he unleashes some water. Did you notice the gas sign, the price sign? No, I didn't. How much was it? Well, it was uh, they had done the old uh, calculator trick where you turn it upside down, you can spell out boob. Or boobless. Oh, they went no. the classic hell. Nice. With an upside down seven seven three four. Perfect. No, I I didn't even notice that. Yeah, I thought that was a nice touch. That is definitely. I would have gone a boob, but uh, hell's probably more thematic. Um. So what is Tyrese's deal here? Is he just he thinks he's lost Sasha? He thinks he's lost. Well, he knows he's lost Karen, uh, and he has a death wish here when he pulls this walker out of the. Yeah, it does seem like it does seem like he's wanting to do suicide by Walker. Yeah, that's what it felt like. Which is a really douchebag move because then you're going to force one of these guys to kill you. Yeah, yeah. So I again, um, the more I like a character, the more I hate it when they act like a fucking asshole. And I really, really like Tyrese and Chad Coleman, so I was annoyed. Yeah. Um, so maybe and and also is this one of the 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 dumber Walker set pieces, like I, where did these yeah. guys come from? Was so, that growing up against the side of the building? I think so. I think it grew over like broken windows or a broken door or something. Yeah, um, that's okay. my guess because I think that's the building that they go into. Yeah, yeah, no, in. that's for sure. Okay. I was just trying to figure out how in the hell because Tyrese hadn't gotten that door open. Um, I, I assumed it was broken windows at the okay. height they were coming out and kind of being held at the waist. Oh, I just thought that they were stuck in the vine somehow, and I'm just like, what? Or maybe, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Worst marionette show ever. <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on. Carol and Rick are searching a house where they find two survivors. Uh, we I don't know these people's names. Sam is the guy. Sam is the guy? Okay, I was just going to call him New Dude. Uh, I'm going to call it Girl Bright Eyes, too. <laughs> all right. I like how they also have different name for, names for the walkers. I know some people like kind of get annoyed by that fact. I do. I think, yeah, you were saying you did, but I like it. Skin Eaters? I, well, okay, that's a cool name, for one, although they eat more than skin. That's what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> and Deddies is like kind of, that seems like the slang or the nickname they've come up with, you know? Yeah. Whereas skin eaters is a little more efficient. I I, I kind of think it'd be <laughs> cool to just call them assholes. Sure. Sure. Um, Why not? So so these guys, this is the thing that doesn't add up. And Rick and Carol kind of mention it later on. Mm-hmm. 
These people have guns. They have weapons. They, by their own admission, have been holed up in a bathroom for two days because uh-huh. a single walker is upstairs with them. What the actual fuck? Okay. And the walker wasn't even, like, standing right outside the door. It came from another goddamn room. Yeah. So, like, you would think at one point the walker must have gotten bitten bored and gone to the other side. And I, I just I can't figure these two out. What is there more to these these this couple, Jim? So they are. I don't think there's any more to them. They're just that just, helpless, lost in high weeds. They're lost in high weeds. Uh, if you notice, they're both severely injured. I mean, one guy's got his shoulder, his right arm, probably his dominant true. arm is useless. You I don't pl- know if I could kill a walker with just my left hand. I could throw it down the stairs, maybe. <laughs> probably. I mean, it's right. The stairs were right happening. there. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just felt like these guys, um, I was hoping to show, because some people are like, oh, well, these guys are going to do something and come back later. They're going to be. And I'm like, I don't yeah. buy them being any kind of double agent or threat or a member of a larger group. They just, they're just too stupid to live. Yeah, I'm with you. I think they're, they're just remnants of a group that got eaten. Do you think Sam, do you think Sam made it off, or do you think he just died and that's why he didn't come rally back? I assume he's still out there. Really? I don't. Yeah. I mean, we didn't see him die, so I don't know what the assumption I should make is. Um, but that's the one I made. I saw his survival skills. I judge him dead. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's a moment where uh, Carol stabs this walker that's fallen down the stairs in the head with uh, a knife or a screwdriver or something. I don't know. Uh, and I felt like... And then it goes, it cuts to Rick, who was kind of like, ooh, like a little disturbed by it. I was wondering if he was envisioning, like, Carol doing this to Karen and David. Mm, maybe. Like, oh, that's what it was like, huh? <laughs> Wait until they're weak from falling downstairs. <laughs> that's low even for you, Carol. <laughs> All right. Uh, Carol <laughs> repairs uh, new dude's dislocated shoulder, Sam's dislocated shoulder, while Rick watches. Nifty. Yeah, pretty awesome skill to have, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, they question them some more, and then Rick asks them the three questions that he asks two people so How far. How many have series. you killed? Yeah, uh, we're supposed to assume he asks. He asks everyone that. Right. Uh, I assume Bob got those questions, right? The controversial third question: Have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? <laughs> yeah, and then he whips out the hand buzzer. <laughs> um. It was weird here to hear Carol say that, like, essentially deny that Sophia even existed at any point, right? Because they say if you lost many people and yeah, I thought that was like, I can't tell this is, children. I mean, obviously, this is a deliberate stylistic choice that she kind of, in her own mind, hasn't fully settled, and we find out later she just is getting by by ignoring thinking about uh, yeah. her daughter. So it's like you know, these aren't my daughters; they are my daughters. You're not. Don't call me mom. They're my girls. One of my girls is sick. It's almost like she's confused and unsettled in her mind, which that makes sense. I mean, she just got this responsibility thrust upon her. Yeah, and it's and much it's, easier to keep it at the man school mom, badass school mom level than it is to to let that other, you know, circle of trust get get the uh, broached, violated. Yeah, man, whatever. And, and I think it's a good. Um, it's a good way to show that while Carol tries to be this badass on the outside, you know, she still does have a heart. 
at least to a certain degree, um, because she can't just forget about Sophia. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Rick at the end asks her like, "Why you can't even say her name? Can you?" But that's I don't think that's true. I think Carol just is trying desperately to forget it. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the one thing she's fighting it every day. Yeah, and her way of fighting is to not not think about it. Yeah, absolutely. So Daryl and Bob continue to search for a battery, and they find it. Uh, Michonne asks Tyrese what the hell he's doing, and he tells him that he's he's going to start getting people killed, or he's going to get killed even. Uh, and she says that she's let her anger at the governor go, but Tyrese then questions why she's still looking for him. She doesn't have a good answer for that. Yeah, great scene. Um, yeah. I liked her calling him out. I liked Tyrese yes. being able to point right back out about how irrational she gets when she's angry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked the fact that she didn't have a good answer, and that showed, you know, this is something that they've been planting seeds the last few episodes. Like, Daryl's been working on her. You know, now Tyrese probably helped that process along. Mm-hmm. It feels like a genuine human decision to arrive at a reasonable time frame. I liked it. Yeah, absolutely, and it's, I mean, the the scene at the very end where they're driving their cars, everyone is in cars driving away from their various scenes, uh, it really struck home to me how much these people uh, have had to deal with and how much they're struggling with the decisions they've made, um, the things that have been done to them, uh, and I think that's that's a pretty poignant uh, note hit at the end of this, especially when you consider all the pieces that have led up to the ending of this episode. Sure. Uh, throughout this episode, I think they did a great job setting that ending up. Um. So Daryl and Bob find out that the people who were inside that building actually killed themselves by drinking some sort of fluid. I didn't see what it was. Um. He calls them douchebags. Daryl's not cool with people just giving up. And then Bob actually sympathizes a little bit with the douchebags, give a toast to the douchebags. They have very different attitudes on it. Did you have anything to say on that, or should we move on? Uh, It's weird. It's like I was – they're both – their attitudes towards this. Like Bob seems a lot more accepting accepting of it, but then, you know, later on he's clearly not accepting the struggle, and, and, you know, Daryl – calls bullshit on it and makes everything better, uh, except for it doesn't. I, I wasn't, I don't know. I, I, I liked hearing D'Angelo Barksdale make another, uh, board game analogy. It wasn't quite chess, but dominoes. Dominoes, yeah. You know, it's, it's in the same family. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was kind of artfully done how Bob, it seems like the little bit more sensitive one. And he finds the group's photos, and he's the one that jams the men's restroom key right through the zombie's brain pan. Yeah, which was a nice touch. <laughs> I liked I liked all that. I liked all that. Yeah. Zombie kill of the week? Uh, no, not zombie kill of the week. Oh, okay. Uh, we go over to Rick, who invites the new people back to the prison and tells them where it is. Carol overrides Rick's plans for them, and uh, Rick decides to give him guns and his watch. Here's a point where I think... Rick realizes, or starts to realize anyway, that Carol is not is not interested in the outcome for these people. She is interested in her outcome. And she sends them off to basically go die so she doesn't have to take them back to the prison with her and protect them, I think. It's just another set of people who could get her killed, is how I feel like Carol views these people. 
Well, yeah, but it's hard for Rick to throw uh, stones in the uh, peach uh, greenhouse because he, I mean, look, what about the hiker they could have stopped and picked up last season? Absolutely. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. And, and he was all awful wary of the, uh, um, you know, the, the, the creepy Irish girl from the pilot. Yep. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think, I think it, I don't know where they're trying to illustrate that Rick had already kind of made up his mind and everything was seen through those, those, that tint of glass that mm-hmm. like Carol is a loose cannon. Um, so I'm going to interpret all of her actions through that prism because honestly, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, they wanted to help and it's kind of time to see what they can do. And the other thing is, like Carol said, also, I think there she might have, if I'm trying to be generous to her, bringing them back to the sentence could be a, a prison, could be a death sentence. It could. So, yeah. So, so you think Carol's trying to protect them then? Well, maybe not protect them, but just like make sure they're really damn committed. Okay. You know? And yeah. so. Yeah, she does say later, well, if they can help us survive this thing, then they're worth it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, maybe that is her idea. I feel like maybe Rick has changed a little bit since he, you know, drove past that guy last season. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously something has made him change his mind about, you know, using guns and giving guns to kids. Uh, so I assume maybe he's a little more open-minded as far as taking new people in. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know. I hope we get a little bit more information on that. Okay. Uh, so Bob's fed up with losing people. And uh, seeing it happen, and he tells Daryl so while they uh, try to fix the car. And he also can't stand being alone. He's got kind of a a catch-22 here, you know? And then he admits that he has a drinking problem, and he blames himself for Zach's death. And Daryl says, that's bullshit. And they get the car running. Daryl calls something bullshit, it's bullshit, and it's time to move on. This is a great scene. I like this scene a lot. Um... Daryl really seems to be keeping the group together, keeping people on track. Uh, he doesn't want to abandon people just because of their past sins. And I think that's kind of awesome considering, you know, his background and his brother's background and everything that they've done together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's kind of awesome. Um, and the, and that Bob is struggling both at the same time with having seen all the people that he cares about die twice now right in front of his face and also not wanting to be alone, not like being able to be alone, is an interesting like dichotomy for this character to deal with, right? Yeah. He needs people, but he doesn't want to see them die at I the got, same time. I got to say, though, that uh, drinking yourself into a stupor every night in the zombie apocalypse might be a way to get yourself dinged in a survival guide <laughs> that some asshole is want to be writing. Mm. Just, just saying. All right, keep your, keep your eyes peeled, Bob. <laughs> uh, Rick and Carol go searching for food and meds while Rick questions her about the call uh, that he made to bring those people back. And Carol tells him that he doesn't have to like the call that she made, just accept it. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I think Rick is slowly building a case as to why he needs to get rid of Carol here. She is not playing by anybody's rules except her own. Yeah, she's a little, little um, Shane Light in her uh, bu- yeah. uh, bucking of his farmer authority. Yeah, which... she's gonna bust that barn door right open. <laughs> um, what do you think of Rick's uh, crazy take all the medicine, let the doctor sort it out later philosophy? I like it. It's like earth shattering. Mean, it's like 
revolutionary. <laughs> yeah, he needs to go over and tell Daryl's group. Yeah, you're at the same freaking thing. <laughs> yeah. I don't care if it's horse laxative. Take it. Because <laughs> I will need that. Someone might get hella constipated. <laughs> they might find a whole block of, a whole wheel of cheese and eat it. <laughs> and someone could die of that. Jeez. Uh, yeah, so let's move on. Uh, Daryl's group gets to the vet school. Just a quick scene here of them going inside. And there are a couple books on the ground here uh, that they do a real close zoom in on. One of them is called Enter a New Dawn, which is not actually a real book, I found out. You know what? And I'm an idiot because the first time I saw that, I didn't see the bottle underneath that. And I thought he was like, is he going to turn to some kind of weird Bible book? <laughs> oh, yeah. Or is this going to be like uh, Dianetics or like the Walking Dead universe equivalent of that? No, nope, uh, he just it was on top of a bottle. Yeah. I mean, you need to – you got to wonder if that book was placed there on purpose. They obviously – made it for the show sure i mean if it's not real it had to be made for the show um i don't know what it means though i really don't the beginning of a new dawn you said it was called enter a new dawn enter yeah. a new dawn maybe bob's gonna turn a new leaf but he doesn't he didn't seem to have he grabbed the bottle right mm. uh but we'll talk about his excuse later when we get to it maybe that shows the the choice he had he could he could turn a new leaf with oh. uh, Daryl's absolution mm-hmm. fresh on his mind, or he could be a douchebag, or bag. he could throw that absolution away, grab that bottle, and drink himself to an early grave. Absolutely. Uh, there were also in this scene empty animal cages. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't do anything with that, but maybe they'll uh, they'll hit us up with some zombie animals in the future. No. I, no. I think the sh- that would be shark jumping territory. You think uh, – so, yeah, I, I can get behind that because the pigs just died. They didn't come back. Well, but we've seen tons of animals and animal carcasses die, and we've never sure. seen a zombie horse, a zombie dog, a zombie cat. Yeah. Zombie shit. So if so you if, think animals are just immune. It makes it sense. Just, yeah. It just, it's very rare for interspecies viruses to, yeah. to occur. Very sure. rare. All right, uh, let's move on. Rick continues to question Carol as they pick fruit, and they commiserate over their lost loved ones. Uh, on their way out, they find pieces of the girl being feasted upon. Carol doesn't seem too disturbed by it. Uh, almost, almost happy, I'd say. I'd say happy. I think she's almost matter happy. Fact. Yeah, she is very matter of fact about Which, it. Which that's you know again because um... she didn't give a crap about these people. She just wanted them to either help her help her or get lost. I'm just glad they died because they're super annoying. They were. Yeah. Um I I if I praised Rick for his take all the meds strategy, I gotta criticize him. A lot of just because tomatoes are green, maybe you want to take them in the zombie apocalypse. Maybe you eat an yeah, unripe I, I tomato. Heard that fried green tomatoes are actually quite good. And yeah. also they will ripen off the vine if if you're too good for that kind of southern fried cooking, Rick. Jesus. Yeah. You got yeah. you you you, you, you say, I bet Daryl wouldn't leave them tomatoes behind. No. You got to take both of those groups put them together. One guy gets all the medicine, the other guy gets all the tomatoes. Yeah, the other guy yeah. gets all the booze. <laughs> the other guy gets all the booze. Win win win. Um yeah. I liked it. I mean, some people were joking on a Facebook thread that this is the most character uh that Carol has gotten thus far in the series. So of course. Of course she's uh, going to be ushered I disagree off. with that. I don't think it's any more than she got in season three. I think in one concentrated episode. Uh, yeah, maybe in a concentrated episode. This is dose. the first, the closest she's come to a spotlight episode. Yeah. And that's, you're right. That seems to be their formula. 
Here's here's a hint of character development. You like where it's going now. Cry as they die. Yeah, so I I, I mean I liked it and the whole thing about the ER nurse and falling down the stairs and the behind the scenes of her relationship with Ed. Mm-hmm. Um, all good stuff. And again, Melissa McBride was crushing it. Oh, totally. So also, to further add to the crimes of Lori Grimes, <laughs> fucking up pancakes. Mm-hmm. How can you? You can't cook for shit. And I can make a pancake. And I could give you three Sundays, <laughs> and on the third one, you'd be making a perfect fucking pancake. On the first one, they're easy, man. I'm just saying, I don't understand how you can mess up pancakes. Yeah. Burn them, but then the next week, turn the heat down. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Apparently, she just left clumps of flour in there. Well, I mean, that's, like, the, you don't, I mean, that's a fine art. You don't want to beat the pancakes to death and make them tough. So it's like yeah, but you think after week after week after week she'd get it down. I, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. That's why I said it's add to the further list of crimes. Can we be the kind of family that has eggs on Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> How about an omelet? Because that's way easier than a goddamn pancake oh. to make. No, I, I just thought that was hilarious. That of all the things they could have made a point for her to cook, like a souffle, maybe. Yeah, um, but uh, pancakes, man. <laughs> God damn, you can get a box that says just add water. <laughs> and sure enough, if you can measure water and 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 the flowery substance and combine them, you can cook pancakes. All right. There's another survival guide <laughs> yes. victim waiting yes. to happen. 3,500 words are going to be devoted to pancakes <laughs> on Friday at noon. Be there. Awesome. All right. So uh, Daryl's group is looking for meds still. They get them, and they head out, but they get cornered and attacked before they can get out of the building. And they can't really fight back because they notice that the zombies are infected. Why? So they run. It looks like they went out a different way than they came in. Yeah. It seems like the correct survival strategy is if you're ready to go... I mean, this isn't like Walmart where you're bored and you come in one entrance and, hell, I'll go into soft lines and just see what they got. Uh Um if you got what you want and your backpacks are bulging with medicine or mostly empty and you're ready to go, then you'd think you'd go out the way you came. That's where your car is. That's where you know it's safe. That's where you know there's no zombies. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think? Okay, and also there's a shit ton of the the special breed of infected zombie. Yeah. Are they implying that this veterinarian college was until recently a stronghold of survivors? Uh I think so. Um, I'm, yeah, I could get behind that. I'm also wondering if they're not implying um, some form of animal to human transference at this veterinary clinic. But does veterinary college is ground zero? Yes. I don't know that for a fact. I'm just wondering out loud. I'm scrunching my face up at that, that theory. Okay. I don't know if I can get behind that. All right. Uh, well, I guess we'll, you know, maybe never know that, but we'll see. Um, you, you said in the instant take, I have to call you on it. The Bob it. had nothing more than booze in his bag. That's not true. I saw him put bottles of pills in no, there. No, you did not. You saw him I put did. them in Michonne's bag. That was Michonne's bag? I, cause I thought the same thing. I'm uh, like, what the fuck? But he has this kind of like canvas style bag and she had the like Blackmore. Wow. Okay. Um, um, like hiker type bag. And yeah, he was stuffing it into there. Huh? Why? He did that. I do not know. 
why he was stuffing pills in her bag instead of his own? Why wasn't he just grabbing stuff and 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 getting putting medicine so, in there? Well, I think it's because he had his bag full of booze. He not, just had the not, one. I know, not totally full of booze, but he didn't want anybody seeing it when he opened it up. Because uh, at that point, he did have it on him. This seems like the jig would be up when they got to prison and they're like going through stuff. So what you you know? It's like after trick or treat, everybody compares what you got in your bag, and it's like, yep, I got Jim Beam. Yeah, but once you make it back safe and sound, it might not be such an egregious sin Maybe. to have grabbed the bottle of booze and just say, like, yeah, I've got it for everyone. Let's share some. And they got, and, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess. He could probably play it off a little bit more than having only a bottle of booze in his bag. I know. On the mission. Take the uh, Bible book, too. Give you cover. There you go. <laughs> uh, so, zombie kill of the week in this scene is Michonne killing with the two zombies with one sword swing. That was pretty righteous. Just lopped off both their heads. Gotta say, that's a pretty steep come down from uh, from the car, from the car, Darryl. the fence, and the. Uh, <laughs> uh, what was last week? The the first. Well, the last week was the car. No, last week was we the car. Before that was the fence. I think you gave it to. Uh-huh. And we before that was. Uh, I would give it to the roof, the roof of the big spot, but I think you gave it to Daryl, right? <laughs> yeah, because at that point I wasn't doing non... Non-animate objects? Yeah, I wasn't doing inanimate object kills. Okay. Now I am. Um, and I have to give credit in Dave to Dave in Michigan who says that he calls it two heads for the slice of one. Ooh, very <laughs> Would have nice. been even more apt had they been in the big spot. Oh, man. <laughs> very nice. Uh, so Rick and Carol wait for Sam to come back and Carol wants to leave, but Rick wants to give him a chance to make it back, uh, before they do. I don't know, man, the more and more I see of Carol in this episode, the more it seems like she's just out to help herself. She's very unconcerned with this guy. She's out to help the group. I think it's three bridges, two interstate highways, and, Mm -hmm. uh, five miles of field too far to say she's in it for herself. She didn't even want to go on this trip. No. She was like, God, I can't believe you brought me. Maggie wanted to go. No. I freaking hate no, this. No, 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 no. She was she, this <laughs> uh, throughout the whole first half of the episode. She's basically coming up with excuses for Rick to jump in and be like, what the hell, Carol? Yeah. She wants to talk about it. She yeah. wants him to say something. And you about know how it. what that's like. If you're with somebody and there's obvious <laughs> tension yeah, and they yeah. just won't fucking talk about it. Sure. It drives you fucking crazy. <laughs> So I think that's what that was all about. Yeah. I think you're right. Uh, Daryl's group gets out onto a rooftop um, to escape those infected zombies. And uh, before they can get away, the zombies grab Bob's bag and he won't let go of it because all he's got is his booze. Uh, This was – I thought this set looked so much like one of the levels from uh, The Last of Us. Like the, the Denver College level. Okay. I mean, yeah, even yeah. The, the brick buildings coming out the window on that little half roof. Uh-huh. Ah, yeah, brought stuff. back brought back memories. Uh, the pro tip, you can actually go out on that roof and around into a window and get a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so th- this, I love this scene, man. Daryl is such a badass in this scene. Uh, the way he just... He so could have easily just killed Bob right there. But just he just chucked him off the roof. Him, and he's like... Oh, you do you do anything wrong, and I'm going to bury you, man. And it was just such so primal. And I was discussing yeah. this on Facebook. And why do you think? And and the way Bob plays it, so uh, 
I don't don't even know the word. If he for was it. a dog, he would He's roll submissive. over, showed his barrel, belly, covered his testicles with his tail, and <laughs> pissed himself. Exactly. Yeah. And it it was just fucking rad. And I feel like that. You know, remember Daryl's dad was a raging alcoholic uh-huh. that put his family in that danger, beat him. beat him. Yeah. And now you've got an alcoholic that's risked their lives for this booze and he's going to draw on you. Right. For throwing his bottle away. Yeah. You can just see the mushroom cloud in Daryl's head go off. <laughs> and it was an intense scene. And, and it took everything Daryl had not to just kill the guy, I think. I, I, I really think felt if, like that. if Tyrese hadn't spoken up, he might have chucked him off the roof right there and there. Yeah, that wasn't over. That's for sure. Yeah, and it's not over. Like he he threatened him. Um, this says you know you basically you drink a drop of that before our people got that medicine in him, and he's going to beat him his ass into the ground. I believe is exactly. I right. think you're right. Yeah. Oh man, that just was incredible. Powerful. And I mean, even Tyrese and Michonne in the back just. Kind of giving each other the eye, like should we step in here? We've I don't uh, we've never seen Daryl like that either. Not that I recall. No, certainly not to that degree. Anyway, it was intense. Again, I this not for the first time. I've wondered what the group would be like if Daryl was willing to lead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he seems to have a pretty straight head on his shoulders. You know, man, he's he's a smart dude. Uh, and I feel in some ways he is leading. I mean, Rick has been off being just a farmer, as Carol says. Uh, and I feel like he has really stepped up and kind of done what needed to be done in Rick's right. absence. Um, so speaking of Rick, uh, he tells Carol that she can't come back to the prison with him because of what she did. And she's been locked out of the Hyundai. <laughs> the tribe has spoken. <laughs> she's been vanquished to the Taurus. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he seems pretty upset here that she made that decision without consulting anyone. Wasn't um, her decision to make. Ab- Rick is absolutely right. Yeah, and, and then he questions her about, like, if it were, if it came down to just me, my kids, and you, I wouldn't want you there. Because I don't know that you would be there and have my back if something bad happened. You may just stab my kids in the head if they get sick. Or do something else crazy Exactly, that, well, yeah. I can't trust you. Um, now, what really rustles my jimmies here is that Rick rightly points out that sh- this was not her call to make. Then he makes another decision that is not his call to make. I don't know that I agree with that. Like I said before, the council so doesn't exist. So he speaks exist. with the full faith and credit of the fucking council? The council doesn't exist at this point. I mean, Glenn... Uh, they're sick. Glenn is super sick. He just can't... kill him then. They're gone. They're dead. <laughs> no, knife I, him right in the neck. I never Carol. said that. He is far too sick to do any kind of job as a council member. Uh, Herschel is busy helping everybody. No, it's just it's 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 too bad that they don't have like cells where they could hold someone in judgment until such a time where a trial could and it could 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 occur and a judgment could be passed. If only they had some facility I with which think, they could contain a human being. I think they tried that with Karen and David and look how it worked out. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. Tyrese is going to kill her as soon as she gets back, right? <sighs> well, then, I, like I said in the instant cast, Tyrese gets brought up on charges, too. Uh, it's, I just don't I, get... I don't know. Why doesn't me, it make sense to spare Carol's life and try to deal with Tyrese by because, some other means? 
you you're right. I I am not arguing the facts of the situation, but the fact is that is not his call to make. He does not get to grant and take away life. And the thing is, the thing that really annoys me about it is I feel like we're we're starting a little bit to go around in circles again with Rick. Who are the council members though? Think about it. Glenn and Sasha, totally sick, can't do their jobs. Yep. Herschel, busy helping everybody, probably sick himself. He got spit blood on last Daryl, Daryl ain't sick. Daryl, gone. Nobody's seen him for more than a day. Daryl, with him, the one who killed the people, that is the council, man. Yes. There is and no you council. Said nothing that's changed my mind so far. I'm saying there's no council. Rick is the leader now, he's got to make a decision. Well, yeah, he has made himself the leader again, and God help us all if he goes back to bitching about being the leader. I just – I don't know. I Yeah, no, that would be funny. And again, <laughs> again, you're saying all that, but it, it, there is no – he did not have to make that decision. If Tyrese wants to beat a woman to death in cold blood, then they need to deal with that too. <laughs> But I'm just saying, like, are we? Right. Does he want? Uh, does he want a rule of law or not? Does he want a council or not? Does he want to be the dictatorship or not? Like, goddamn, make up oh. your make up your mind. All like, right. this, in the comics, this happens exactly one time where he has this crisis of leadership and then decides, you know, I'm not going to say which way it goes. But right. this is an argument. And then they, they decide they to deal kill with himself. It. Like this, this, this <laughs> keep happening and happening, and happening every season. I. I'm not interested in seeing a bunch of leadership nasal, navel gazing. And everything he said about Carol, I think, could be said about him. Now, having said that, I just didn't like it. It was well acted. It was well written. And uh, the other thing I didn't like about it is that this show doesn't have a ton and doesn't have a long history of capable, strong female leads. And True. I think Carol rocketed to the top of that list with a bullet. She did, and they turned her into the Shane Light character, and now banished her. I don't, I, I don't feel like her story is done, and yeah. I can talk more about that in the spoiler section. Um, well, but if, even not knowing anything about the comics, I feel like she's not done. I don't. That can't be the end of this character that we have actually grown to love more than almost any other character. Yeah, and I just feel like that. That's um, there was a, like someone on Reddit said. Building up characters and giving them backstories only to kill them or banish them is not a sustainable business model. Yeah. And yeah. that more than anything, if you're going to do it, I, I don't know. I just I would have liked to have seen a trial. I would have liked to have seen Tyrese's reaction. Sure. And, and by the way, we are going to see Tyrese's reaction. Oh, we are. Because yeah. I will really be pissed if we get back and everybody's just cool with what Rick did. They can be cool so, three or four episodes from now, but if everybody's just like, oh, you banished Carol – Good job, Rick. Good job. Are there are there any other any listener feedback uh, emails with alternate options on what he may tell the group? No. Okay, because I have heard uh, people guess that he might tell the group that Carol was eaten. Man, no fucking way. If he does that, if he just starts blindingly lying and manipulating, yeah. that's the way of the governor. I'm with you. I'm I, with you. I, I think will, that would be ridiculous. I just wanted to get your I reaction mean, that's, on that. That's that's there's just another thing where that could be a perfectly valid dramatic choice. I just don't like it, and I yeah, think it's sure. it's a betrayal of the Rick Grimes character that I know and like. So I hope that's not the case. Yeah, I do too. I'm with you. Uh, so we get uh, second to last scene here with Daryl eyeing his Jasper while the uh, rest of the group decides what route to take back, and Michonne tells him that she's done hunting the governor. Mm. What do you think about Daryl's 
general demeanor here. I feel like I he, don't. I don't really get it, honestly. I, I'm not sure what he's eyeing that Jasper for. Well, and just that he's like just shut down. He's kind of gone back a little bit to his loner ways because he's like, you know what? I tried to help. I tried to help out Bob. I've tried to talk Michonne about all this togetherness, kumbaya shit, and it's a, and I kind of think it's bullshit right now. So fuck all y'all. All right, they just need a song from Beth. <laughs> they need Beth there to sing them about girls running away in their teenage years uh, and going they didn't. to Vegas. They get serpents by <laughs> Sharon Van Etten, which is a decent stand-in. All right. Um, yeah, so Rick gives Carol the supplies, and he uh, she gives him a replacement watch, which is a far cry from the awesome watch he had. And then they part ways, and there's lots of music and somber looks as they drive off. The driving home montage question. Yeah, the second driving home montage I can remember in this show. Uh, last one from eight miles out. Yeah, the one with the... And did you notice also there were some zombies walking around in them fields? Um, the long shot where it shows Are Rick's, you kidding me? No, uh-uh. Was that, that episode was called eight miles out, right? I don't know, something like that. No, I think you're, getting, you're actually getting this confused with the uh, Breaking Bad episode. It's something like 17 miles. I don't – maybe it is. All right. I got to look that up because if that's the case, they are actually eight miles out right now. What? Yes. He told them that they were eight miles north, that the prison was eight miles north. You're thinking the Eminem movie. I might be eight miles. <laughs> we, uh, so- we got three days out, eight, <laughs> eight mile in Navarra. Yep. We got um, yeah, season two for yep. sure. Definitely. Um, 18 miles out. Okay. Ah. Totally wrong on that. Never mind. You subtract a 10, that means something. No, it doesn't. Coffee, <laughs> coffee theory 6.0. Oh, Jesus. Uh. Um, yeah, so I, I really like this. I mean, it was just a, a moment of reflection and with the music there, um, the Question. idea that all of these characters changed so much um, and that they're all dealing with some pretty heavy stuff, right? Sure. I mean, this episode, like I said before, kind of built that puzzle into a full picture right at the very end i like that like the song says i got snakes in their head or something <laughs> um what do you how do you think car or oh, shit how do you think carol and rick parted ways do you think she is accepting do you think she's sad do you think she's regretful do you think she's hopeful um do you I think felt like she was indifferent she is not afraid of being alone anymore, like she said. And when Rick did it, she tried to justify it. She said, look, I feel justified in my decision. I did what I thought was right. So now you do what you think is right. Do you think that those rationales rung hollow in her own ears? The one she was giving Rick? I'm just saying, because at the end, she seemed fairly accepting and, you know, yeah. uh, almost conciliatory. Well, and she didn't. I don't know. I just feel like she was indifferent. She also you know? didn't fucking look back. Like, once she got yeah. in that car, she did not wave. It's she, just The gone. window was down. I thought she might slow down and say something to Rick nope. as she was leaving. No, I li- and I did. Gone. I liked that. Like I said, I I liked if I accept the premise and go along with things I didn't agree with as far as if I was Rick and and, and all that, every, it was really well done. Yeah, absolutely. I thought the, the episode was well acted, well shot, all the stuff you really want to see out of an episode. Um I don't know. And on second viewing, I mean, a lot of the problems that we had with, like, Tyrese uh, being kind of crazy go away, you know? 
the only, I guess, real big complaint that you certainly have is that Rick made this decision on his own. I mean, other than that, is there really anything you didn't like about this episode? Well, I mean, like I said, you – well, no, yeah. I I thought that Bob was a little bit one – one, a little bit too one-dimensional okay. alcoholic. A little heavy-handed there. I also didn't like Tyrese being a dick. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, But yeah, and, and, I, and I hated – the casting and everything about the hippie couple. <laughs> like, I don't understand. Yeah. That's such a bizarre choice to me to make them that weird and that, you know, baby kittenish. Like, I, the fact that they couldn't, I mean, it was just comical how inept they were at survival, apparently. So, yeah, I guess. And without their group, they just locked themselves in the I just think of, like, what in the, the in Nebraska peaches. episode when. When Rick met those survivors and how, like, even though they only had a five-minute scene, they were very well realized. Yeah. And you knew exactly who they were and, you know, exactly the type of people they were. Um, and even the Irish girl, like, I, yeah. I, I kind of liked her and how she definitely wasn't a survivor and wasn't coping with this. And, of course, she didn't. These people just it seemed like they belonged on a sitcom or something. Yeah. Like, you know, dude who – what's that? Who stole my car? Like, you know, Aston Kitcher. Who? Dude, where's my car? Dude, where's my car? Yeah, uh-huh. dude, where's my peaches? I don't know. <laughs> dude, where's my leg? Dude, how about that? Leg. Uh, some people made a lot of how surgically removed that leg looked. I honestly, in high def, it looked – pretty ratty at the end yeah i didn't have a problem with that people are like i think and, and again I'm, I'm thinking people are trying a little too hard to see this guy as some you know mastermind manipulator or as a part of a larger more vicious crew i just don't buy it no this guy I, looks like a bag full of hammers <laughs> or is as smart as one so got hit with a bag full of hammers <laughs> yeah all right well that's it for the episode mm-hmm. um i thought overall you know not bad i don't think it was uh it was a different kind of episode from the last few. It didn't have as much action. It was a lot more talky. Um, yeah, for me, it was an average. I it was an it. average episode of The Walking Dead that I disagreed on how they handled two or three character points. Okay, sounds good. And I'm no longer giving out number scores. All right, because fuck that. Because of this episode, this episode broke my back. I'm right. indifferent to scores at this point. Are you indifferent to pimping? I am not, and please stick with us past the pimping because we got sh- we got a lot of good listener feedback. We have a uh, some some uh, full review of the Walker Stalker Con, so stay tuned to that. Why don't you kick us off a little bit of audible audible pimping? All right, sure. Uh, this podcast, as you know, if you listen to the beginning, is sponsored by Audible. Uh, they have over one hundred and fifty thousand audiobooks for you to download. Um, you can go to audiblepodcast.com slash baldmove to get a free trial and one free audiobook. Um, I believe Aaron has a suggestion for us this week. Yeah, I was, I was trying to find something that is kind of uh, – gives us a little flavor, this contagion. And uh, what came to mind was Stephen King's The Stand. All right. And uh, I went on Audible, and wouldn't you know it, it's part of – their huge, vast, unabridged collection of audio titles. They had Stephen King's The Stand. That does not shock me in, so, in the least. you know, get a little Cap- Captain Tripp's uh, Superflu flavor going on. They got a shit ton of uh, Stephen King books, actually. And yeah. I yeah. love Stephen King. One of the most memorable experiences. I actually read 
a big chunk of the stand uh in my late in my younger days i used to go uh, spelunking and camp overnight i know several nights se- several several nights sometimes in caves and one of the creepiest experiences i had i i, I read a big chunk of the stand by candlelight oh. in this massive <laughs> what a dumbass <laughs> massive cavern in the dark where everyone else was asleep that's like watching the descent in a cavern. <laughs> it was i it's not quite as bad i slept poorly um, All right, but you know what else was, was I was so I fell in the water and I was soaking wet and I didn't have a spare mm. thing of clothes. So what are you going to do? Yep. Um, another so so that's it. Check out Audible. You did all that. Uh, we have another sponsor. Mm-hmm. He sponsored a whole season through a Kickstarter. Uh, Doctor Brandon Devito, very humble guy. Despite so many amazing things that we've been able to uncover, uh, so many amazing facts we've we've been able to uncover about the the good doctor. Uh, you know this government shutdown we recently went through, Jim? I've heard about it, yeah. I mean, how damn near everything but the post office and the DEA completely shut down. Mm-hmm. I've been doing some digging. I've been hanging around some of those conspiracy websites. And it turns out this whole shutdown was a massive cover-up. Of what? It was just to keep the national parks closed so nobody would notice. There was this huge earthquake in the Dakotas, man. All that fracking they're doing to get the sweet, sweet mm. oil and gas. Uh-huh. Man messing with forces of nature he can't <laughs> comprehend. And turns out there's this massive earthquake, a fault line running right under Mount Rushmore. Oh, it no. shook it so much, George Washington developed a massive overbite. Oh, he looked you like, can't have that. He looked like a particularly inbred member of the British royalty. We can't have that. It cannot stand. <laughs> Well, faced with such a public embarrassment to our national image, there was only one thing the United States government could do. They turned to Dr. Debo, DeVito, rather, gave him a call. <laughs> Dr. Debo. Dr. Danny DeVito. Um, and it took a few weeks, but he was able to whip up a custom titanium appliance and a company headgear that the good doctor had welded and applied with his crack team of dental assistants and hygienists. Okay. He was able to bring old George's bite back into proper alignment. The next day, the budget got passed, the parks reopened, and the image and reputation of our great nation was as solid as Washington's granite jaw. <laughs> so they had to shut down the parks long enough to allow Shit, this yeah, operation you can't to have take. To, you can't have to dry, uh, Washington yeah. to overbite. <laughs> Imagine the disgrace there. It would be a public fiasco. Yeah. Uh, Putin would launch all the missiles the very next day. <laughs> all of the missiles. So thank wow. you for your service to the country again, Dr. DeVito. He would love to care for your teeth. If you're in the North Carolina, South Carolina, Carolina region, he's official dentist of Bald Move. He'd like to remind you to brush your teeth at least twice a day and to floss daily and always use a toothpaste approved by the American Dental Association. Absolutely. (laughs) I agree with those sentiments wholeheartedly. Uh, It gets crazier from here, folks. Uh, We are part of the Bald Move Network. You can find all our content at baldmove.com. We've got The Walking Dead, of course, Game of Thrones, Mad Men, Justified, Breaking Bad. Our boys at Personal Arrogance are killing it week in after week out. We're talking about beer, board games. They talked a lot about Halloween. That's their favorite holiday. Uh, Don't forget our sister cast over at The Because Show, Amy, Gerald, and Susan. Got to hang out with superfan Polani this weekend. Uh, I decided she's MVP Lonnie. MVP Lonnie. She helped. Well, we'll we'll get to that in the next segment. Yep. Um, also, don't forget uh, Up Yours Downstairs. They're t- covering Parades End, uh, one of my favorite off-season uh, television shows. It's really cool. And also, Eric's got Get Off My Running Back, an NFL podcast talking about the latest uh, 
week's action. He's got, it's kind of cool. He's got a rotating cast of um, co-hosts. I've been on it twice. Mm-hmm. Jesse's been on it. I've um, never been on it because you know nothing about football. <laughs> it would be uh, it would be terrible. Ways you can support us because people always ask. You can. We always appreciate your ratings and reviews on iTunes. It really is the single biggest thing you can do to help us grow the cast. Um, if you would like to help monetarily support us, a good way to do that is amazon.baldmove.com. Um, everything you buy when using that link gives us a few pennies our way, and we really appreciate all y'all doing that. Uh, we Please check your email boxes if you're a Kickstarter supporter. Make sure you get the surveys filled out. I got a couple emails saying I didn't get the survey. I'll be f- um, getting those to you this week, but we are going to be next. This, this next week is going to be fulfillment center. Yep. So we want to try to get as much of that stuff done. So get those surveys to us. So we can get you your t-shirts and the other reward items. Um, shall we talk a little bit about the Walker stalker con experience? Let's do it. Cause, uh, I'm, I had a ton of fun at this thing. Uh, I've been to a lot of cons before and yes. I've, most of them are huge cons like Gen Con and PAX. Uh, this was, you know, not quite that big, but it was their first try and it went off without a hitch as far as I could tell. I mean, the worst thing that happened was Andrew Lincoln was like 20 minutes late to a panel. That's it. Yeah. Like everything else smooth as my ass. And I don't know how smooth that is, but (laughs) I assume it's buttery smooth because even then like, and he made up for it by, he, uh, um, did total fan questions. Yeah. Like he answered all the fans' questions. He was really, uh, really entertaining. Um, learned. I can, so can we talk about some of the stuff he talked about? Um, one thing he mentioned. I know you said you wanted to talk a little in spoiler section about it, right? Yeah. But I mean, stuff he said by definition by itself cannot be spoilers. He wouldn't say it. That's not true. He could accidentally spoil something. Well, he didn't. I, I don't think he did, but. He let's, said, let's save it. Oh, really? For the yeah, let's second? save it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I will say, so so if, if if you want to meet the stars of The Walking Dead, you need to go to this convention thrown by Eric and James over at Walker Stalker Podcast because, holy shit, uh, even before the con started, you get down there and the stars are just walking around. We yeah. saw, saw Scott Wilson as Herschel. Well, not as Herschel. He was as Scott Wilson. <laughs> he but was he cosplaying is, Herschel. You bet. <laughs> kind of. If, if Herschel rocks suits and awesome cigars in a zombie apocalypse. No, you know, best dressed was the guy who plays Schubert, uh, Travis Love. Best dressed at the con, man. He was stalking us. He was. He was everywhere. He could not lose that motherfucker. Actually, all of the, uh, like, him and all of the uh, prison guys yeah. that they found were stalking us the entire time. We saw Axel. All over the place. We saw Big Tiny. We saw Oscar. All those guys. Yeah, and they were really incredibly cool. Um, There was a couple of uh, parties, especially if you had a VIP where you could go and hang out and meet some of the stars. Um, Everybody was there except for, I think, Maggie because she had some kind of professional obligation. Yep. Uh, And you could go and get your picture taken with them. I was pretty bummed about that, Uh, honestly. Do the meet and greet. (laughs) The panels were Uh, really – The governor was not there as well. Oh, it's true. But that's it. Um, the panels were very entertaining. Um, mm-hmm. Jason and Karen over at the walking dead cast did an awesome job moderating. Um, they had, uh, I mean, they interviewed, um, they interviewed, uh, <laughs> several of the stars and they also did a panel with us. Yeah. And, uh, the talking dead guys, mm-hmm. um, Jason and, 
uh, Chris. Chris. Yep. And James and Eric then joined as well, and we kind of talked about you know our different flavors of the podcast, and uh, we got to answer some audience questions on the you know podcast model and how mm-hmm. to grow the fan base. Um, I got to say that everybody was super cool. Jason and Karen were really fun to hang out with. Uh, Jason and Chris were really fun. We didn't actually get to see a lot of James and Eric because those yeah. dudes were oh. busy. Yeah, so they – like James was too busy to make the podcasters panel until the last like five minutes of it. Yeah. Um, Eric made it up there, and then James comes running up at the very end, Yeah. Uh, gets a couple words in, and it's time to end. Uh, and then right after that, they rushed us off to go meet Andrew Lincoln. One of the uh, highlights for me. It's got to be. Tell them about it. Because I got to do my Rick Grimes to Rick Grimes. Yep. And he laughed. He pronounced it pretty good. And I think he offered a legally binding offer for me to come take his place for a week. Because he uh, yeah. needed the week off. I'm pretty sure we have it on video. I just need to so. I, I need to get his agent's phone number so I can make that happen. It's on. Yeah, we got it on video. In fact, I'm not sure because um, I... <laughs> We had a computer snafu. We've been having a run of this. We need to get that in high quality up on YouTube. There's a shitty version of 15 seconds of it just to prove that I did it on <laughs> on uh, our uh, – what do they call that? What's the kids calling? Instagram? Instagram, okay. yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was it, – it is weird. I'm glad we got a video because I basically blacked out while I was doing it. <laughs> because the one of the worst things you can do to me is ask me to do Rick Grimes. Because it's like something that it just kind of comes out of me. And if I have to do it on command, I usually butcher it. And when he said, well, let's hear it, I literally from that point forward just blacked out. Yeah. It was a good one, though. It was a it decent was a good one. Take. It was a yep. decent one. I, I called I called him out as an imposter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sitting in your chair. Sitting in my chair <laughs> that I'd rode from all the way to horseback to Atlanta on. Um, yeah. And then he signed some photos for us. And that was pretty cool. Uh, I, I got to say, my favorite part of this was meeting all of the other podcasters and the fans of the show. I mean, we spent probably most of the convention hanging out with the fans and the podcasters, right? Yeah, and I, 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 I started thinking about shouting out people's names, but it's like there were so many of them, and I know I'm not going to remember uh, yeah. all of them. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, but we had a lot of beers and a lot of good talks about everything, and I sincerely yeah. enjoyed... I hope you guys could tell how much uh, that you guys came out and hung out with us. Um, it's really great to meet uh, all of you. And I got to have a threesome with Lauren Cohan. That is not true because she was not there, as previously mentioned. Uh, I did get to meet some of my heroes, like uh, Lawrence Gilliard Jr. Um, yeah. He was just having um, – so my thing was I didn't want to come up and bother people, if, especially if they weren't in the designated bother them areas. So he was kind of doing that thing where he just had breakfast and he was getting up and, and he'd do that thing where you kind of look around and like, not sure what I'm supposed to do now. Uh-huh. So I saw him do that and I ran up and I shook his hand. I said what a big fan it was of his in the wire. And uh, that was cool. I was like on cloud nine. And then that night I happened to run into Chad Coleman as things were wrapping up at the, the VIP. And they're not supposed to take pictures. Mm-hmm. But I said, you know, I'm a big fan of yours in the wire. I love what you guys are doing on the show this year. Um, I love that they got Lawrence there with you and he like was so cool. We had this little conversation about how he, he thinks the writing's a lot better this year and that, and that they're trying to bring some of that wire flavor with the cast and he volunteered to get his picture taken with me, which is so fucking cool. So so I've got a picture of one of my heroes and me and my face 
is, and you is didn't happy. Even, and you didn't have to ask for it. No, How I wouldn't How crazy have. is I that? Wouldn't have. Yeah. I think that's the key is you suck up to them uh, with, their, with, with being a fan of the wire and you don't expect. And then if it happens, it's, it's magic. So Absolutely. Um, I, I will know, definitely go back again. Hell for yeah. For sure. I'll even, like, you know, uh, spoiler alert, uh, James and Eric, if you, I will go, I will actually pay money this time to go. You don't have to comp me tickets. Wait, what? <laughs> what, what, what? I just said I had such Hold a good time. What, what have you I just had such a good time. I'd, I'd definitely pay the badge. I we, mean, we would, got, theoretically. I, I, right? I would much rather have a free badge and be able to participate in panels and do that. But yeah. I'm just saying that. That's the thing. I, I really enjoyed participating in the panel we participated in. And they have a unique, the, the con itself, um, like I said, I can't say enough about the panels. With all the stars, and they were all very funny and entertaining. They also had a really interesting panel with a bunch of professors mm-hmm. of ethics and religion talking about the science of zombies. Super the, interesting. The, uh, ethical uh, nature of zombies, the historical significance of them, what mm-hmm. it tells us about us as a culture. Fascinating um, that uh, Jason and Karen moderated. I love that. Uh, but also the con itself was cool. Like just a huge room of zombie merchandise. And rare movie um, uh, uh, paraphernalia. Someone had a or memorabilia, rather paraphernalia. Sounds <laughs> a little druggish. Yeah. Someone had had a replica of uh, Merle Dixon's motorcycle that you could get. A, you could throw a Daryl Poncho and a crossbow yep. and pose on. Um, it's just it, it was just really really cool. Like I could spend three weeks worth of paychecks down there and not get everything that I wanted. You get Daryl Dixon life size stand ups. Yeah, yeah. How there was this really creepy like life size doll of a zombie girl there. Mm, how mm. creepy would that be to just buy and set inside your doorway well, when you come home? Fairly reasonably priced, three hundred bucks. Yeah, for what it was, I thought it was a pretty good price. Yeah, I mean, you, that's about how much you pay for one of those dumbass like butler figures that you'd put in your bathroom is like, you know, covering his nose and holding that those away. And, <laughs> yeah. and the, she's the zombie girl's way cooler than that. Oh, totally. And so, it can hold your soap too. <laughs> it can hold your soap or your toilet paper, whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, throw a backpack on it, treat it like Michonne's uh, pack mule zombies. Um, all right. Is that all you want to say about? I think so. Um, definitely it's next year we were just kind of, we tried to prioritize going down there for the panel we were on. We were super busy this year. Next year, we definitely will be coming a day early, probably staying a day late because I felt yeah. like I didn't get enough. Yeah, and they did the live screening of The Walking Dead. I had no idea episode. they were going to do that. And that right? was free for everybody. Yeah. If you wanted to show up to the ball, that's massive ball and it's massive big screen. They, they did a live. They did. Oh, all this, this was cool. Uh, Jason sent me this last night. They did a live instant cast with all the podcasters who are still around. Mm-hmm. Jason got. This is my fantasy. I wanted to get booed because we're like <laughs> yeah, we didn't the get assholes booed. of the yeah. Walking Dead podcast. And I even told our fans, and they were too ca- they were too cowardly. Yeah, shame on you. And I love meeting y'all, but y'all's <laughs> cowards for not booing our asses. Jason got booed for expressing basically the same opinion I did about Rick's decision. Oh, and you can hear it on the podcast. Oh, that's awesome. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, you got booed. That is, you are such a fucking rock yeah. star. That's awesome. Absolutely. I wish we could get live boos on our podcast. We'd get a lot of them. Eventually, we'll get there one day, man. We got the B O O Z E, <laughs> but we need to get the B O O S. All right, I'm gonna start booing you if you don't get onto some feedback. All right. Uh, Tom in West Virginia, long time listener. Tom in a Volkswagen. Tom in yeah. a Volkswagen. Go back in the, the, the old days. 
Um, I couldn't help but notice the haters hating on you after the instant cast. Hey, it happens, man. That's what they do. I figured out what your problem is, high standards, and how to solve it. Turn your brain off. We cannot tune into this particular show expecting advanced visual storytelling. This is the golden age of television. And there's plenty of it going on. This just ain't it. Let's be real. The show has been so bad at times that you flirt with dropping it all together. Most consistent thing about the show is its inconsistency. Uh, you can bank on it. A good stretch will be followed by a dog or a series of dogs. This show barely makes the top ten of shows currently in first run. But it does make it. And I keep thinking that the pieces are there and there's no reason why this can't – like Jason said on the con- when we were talking about what we wanted our – our perfect vision of Walking Dead mm, yeah. is take Walking Dead and add the level of characterization and and plotting attention to plotting details is Breaking Bad and or more Lauren Cohan, <laughs> but Either I, one. I don't think that's an unreasonable thing to ask for. We got Kelly Dixon over here. She did. She did. You know that she was actually the editor on this particular episode. I did. I did. Um, I don't think it's unreasonable to think that I want the cool zombie action and I want the character, I want the great character stuff too. Yeah. If you can do some of the stuff they did in seasons four and five of Breaking Bad, uh, why can't you do that here? You know, good action, great characterization, stellar acting, bringing the whole package together, do it. Rooster Winterfell says one of the things Walking Dead has done well this season is showing a growing sense of dread for Rick's crew, whether it be the Walker avalanche or the sickness affecting Glenn or Herschel or the crazy children or Carol. The show has done a good job of setting the groundwork for an apocalyptic finale. That is some next level shit for this show. There are also three black people hanging out with Daryl somewhere. Merle is turning in his grave. (laughs) Uh, I feel like Merle was 75% less racist by the time he died. He was, was, was yeah. Largely from the power of Michonne. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and once he got away from, you know, probably some of the influences that were, uh, you know, helping him be like that, uh, probably helped a little. Hmm. Um, Wilonzo says, I have to side with Jim on this argument, talking about our accent discussion. It is not possible to speak any language without an accent. Oh. I'm Irish, meaning I was born and raised in Ireland, and Irish people tend to be pretty good at spotting different accents and spoken English. It's because Ireland is a primarily English-speaking country, and while we have some home-produced dramas, the majority of movies and TV shows we consume are imported from the UK, US, Australia, and other Anglophone regions around the world. As a result, we tend to be pretty good at spotting accents. It's also said that Americans tend to have a tenure when it comes to accents originating outside of the States. But when Aaron expressed what sounds like an entrenched view that some people don't have an accent, this damn near sent me to a Rick Grimes level psychotic break. <laughs> accent is imprinted on the way children learn to pronounce language. It's not possible to learn to speak without it. And he gives me several scholarly resources backing up. You're in his argument. I am, if nothing else, willing to admit I'm wrong. I'm wrong. What I think is unaccented English is just probably the Midwestern dialect that I'm most familiar with, and what sure. seems to be prized on television. That's the only. But point it's still I was an making. accent. Yeah, that's that's the only point I was making. You know, it's interesting. I read an article in, in some of this research that points out that um, apparently everyone sounds uh, the English sounded more American back and before we split. That we actually have a more that that the Eng, the English 
it was a deliberate uh the, the english accent they got now it was a deliberate affectation of a more uh upper crust wow. english accent that developed after revolutionary war times and uh, i am nowhere near uh historically educated enough to comment on that yeah that apparently that everyone spoke with kind of a new england accent and then they hmm. they kind of got more refined um as kind of a, a cultural phenomenon in the last 200 years i thought and that we was did the opposite well, no we just stayed <laughs> we stayed the same oh okay so and then you know went up to the great lakes and you betcha and went down south and yalled so um, moving on to Mike in Texas, what if Carol ends up being the bridge character between the current Walking Dead show and the upcoming spinoff in the next year or two? Perhaps Daryl yeah. will go as well when he gets back. We talked about that maybe. I had a discussion on Twitter about this too, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think Carol could be that particular seed character? I don't see why not, and, really. And uh, and we've talked about Daryl dying, but uh, and we talked about Daryl leaving the cat, uh, show. Maybe the banishment of Carol will be what sets him off. He's like, hey, I didn't think this this group isn't what I thought it was going to be. I'm out. Peace. It would be interesting for Daryl to just bounce and look for Carol um, after giving Michonne so much crap for looking for the governor well, for so long. I mean, they're very different, very thing, different reasons for them leaving, but they're doing the same thing. That's true. I don't know. But again – you know, if you got people just unilaterally exiling people, I can see Daryl as a functioning member of the fucking council. I have a problem with that. <laughs> the only member, the only functioning member of the council. Lisa from our home, home state of Indiana says, I'm in agreement with Aaron's initial reaction to the show. I actually felt a little heartsick over Carol leaving. I was enjoying the development of her character. Me too. Yeah. What really bothered me is that neither Carol nor Rick even addressed her relationship with Daryl. Carol didn't even ask Rick to say anything to Daryl. That's hmm. interesting. Yeah. I have a really hard time with this. The writers skirt around, are they, aren't they? But how would Rick react if Lori did this and Daryl just sent her off? I'm more <laughs> interested to see Daryl's reaction than Tyrese's. He'd grab the nearest phone, go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for doing me a solid, man. Um, what do you have to say to that? I, I She didn't have anything to say. Yeah, that's girls. weird, right? Nothing to say to Daryl? I mean, how indifferent can you be? Like, give me five minutes. I want to jot some things down. Uh-huh. It, it, yeah, no. In retrospect, that's insane. That's crazy. Uh, good point. I didn't even think about it. Uh, Furzon uh, writes in, says, Tyrese says it's been a day. Uh, he told Sasha about the time he would be back. He's lost all hope for survival. He literally lost the two people he cared most about. And honestly, I think he's handling much better than Rick did. That's hard to argue. Hmm, yeah. <laughs> How could you handle it worse? He didn't go crazy and almost killed Glenn. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. Um, yep. About Bob, he stresses that he was the last person standing in the previous groups he's a part of. I think he continued to have that mentality that the group wouldn't make it. The one day that they would all die and Bob would be standing alone again, especially with the flu. Um, yeah, those are good takes, and I totally copped to missing the little motivation on Tyrese on the first take on the instant cast. Yep. Uh, JK says, why in hell would the group not take every single bottle of medicine in that place? Pretty short-sighted to take only what they needed now. It's not like the stuff weighs a ton. I have a hard time wondering why their bags weren't a little bit fuller. They should have been. They really should have been, and... Especially when you see Rick doing exactly the opposite and just taking it all. 
Yeah, I mean, there's got to be a lot more medical supplies and drugs and everything. That's that not we saw them. There were shelves and shelves of stuff. Yeah. Like, why not bring as much as you can carry? It's crazy. Yeah. So, um, and even if the for the animal stuff, like, are they ever going to want to get back to having animals? It might not be a bad idea to have some animal antibiotics and tranquilizers and all kinds of stuff. Sure. I mean, shit, Herschel's a vet. I'm sure he could do something with it. <laughs> Uh, Marquis says, note the survivors. Don't go for a road trip with Rick Grimes and a Hyundai Tucson. Mm-hmm. Last time he went on a duo mission in that car was a Shane, and they got into that nasty fight over who's or what nots to use on some skinny dude's wrists. The real question, was Rick planning on banishing Carol even if the two lost kittens met back up with them? Hey, guys, come back to the prison. Oh, don't worry about that lady I left behind. It's cool. <laughs> got any oranges in that fruit basket? I think I'm getting scurvy. Uh <laughs> That's a damn <laughs> That's good, a good point. point. Yeah, what would he have done? He's like, uh, we're a pretty good crew. Uh, Kara, get the fuck out. <laughs> Here's some Beat gas. it, lady. I found new friends. Um, <laughs> that is a very good point. I don't know, man. I I feel like... So I obviously didn't think about that, but I feel like the writers should have thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't think about it only because they didn't make it. Uh-huh. If yeah. they had made it, it would have been It would have been an awkward. obviously awkward thing, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, good point, Mark. Uh, Logan C. says, I see where Aaron is coming from with his dislike, dislike of the Rictatorship 2.0, but didn't the show force his reasoning for sparing Carol on him? He just, quote-unquote, finished a, quote-unquote, war with a tyrannical, murderous governor, which showed him how things work out there when you're killing people of your own group. You heard Andrea's season three philosophy of just trying to keep people alive no matter what. And in just last week's isolation, he saw how badly Herschel just wanted to keep people alive at all costs, even at the cost of his own life. Couple all that with the fact that Alpha Rick had converted to quiet pacifist Farmer Rick. And you're looking at a guy who's trying to avoid any violent conflict and preserve every precious life he can. Not a bad motivation. Yeah. Still, still... (laughs) Don't entirely see it that way. Not swayed. Okay. Yeah, not swayed. Joe W. says, what the hell happened in that town? Are we to believe that the perfect Ichiban uh, sever of the leg was pulled off, bitten off, etc.? My thoughts are the other dude the flower child was with cut off her leg and used her as bait. <laughs> Strange, though, because they've been together for months. Or mm. Governor or a lackey is following the group wreaking havoc. Hmm. I, I don't buy it. I yeah, don't buy for, it. for the reasons I mentioned, I, I have a hard time going along with that. And if I just don't want to see this guy ever again, ever, ever again. Yeah, I'm with, I'm because with you he's a bad actor and a bad character. <laughs> so there. Ed from Chicago says, "Hey guys, I was listening to the instant cast. It seemed like you didn't like or didn't get Bob's reasoning for asking or risking his and the group's life for his backpack. Yes. I took that entire scene between Bob and Daryl as not very clear, but I think I got what they were going for." To me, it seemed like Bob was trying to explain that there is no change or redemption for him, or chance of redemption for him. Like he said, the death of his groupmates is cursed a curse that just follows him. Um, I also want to read something that our friend Nina uh, from the Project Fandom uh, website, she sent in. Um, she, she vociferously disagreed with me. She says, I think that you guys totally missed that Bob is a serious alcoholic. I don't think either of you even used the word once in the instant cast. Guilty as charged. 
I don't get his actions either. They don't make sense, but the actions of an addict rarely do. I've only ever been addicted to white boys and British TV, so I can't say whether or not it's believable that he'd hang on to that bag just for the liquor, but we do know people who do all kinds of shit to get a fix of their drug of choice. I also think that we're not supposed to like what Rick did. It's more interesting to me when the characters do things that we wouldn't. And I have to say, though I don't like what he did, I understand it. Just like I understand what Carol did, I felt like you were way too harsh on a show for something it hasn't even done yet. How do you know that people like Daryl won't go off on Rick for what he did? You guys said something like they gave up the conflict by having him send her away. Well, I don't think we've seen the last of her, and I think there's still plenty of conflict to be had when everyone learns of what he did and what she did. That's a valid point. I think I made that point. And I am... That they've just shifted it from uh, a guy who's definitely going to kill Carol to a guy who now has to decide what to do with Rick. And I'm certainly guilty in my real life of envisioning the worst-case scenarios and planning for those. It's how I kind of keep myself relatively sane. And I can see me being guilty of doing that in my entertainment as well. Um, The, The other thing about Bob is I... It's not that I didn't understand, like, his motivations or whatever. I didn't understand the scene. Like, I, that's kind of, that's what I was trying to say is I just didn't get what was happening. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Ashley M. said, Rick didn't know what he's going to do with Carol, I think, until about halfway through the show, the episode. Like Jim was saying in the instant cast, he was testing Carol and Carol playing along. She's not stupid. She knew what that run was about. Rick could very easily have saved Carol by exiling her. I think bringing her back to face justice, whether via the council or via Tyrese, would have proved a worse fate. While I'm sure there are more rational members of their group, for example, Herschel, would understand why she did it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I can can definitely see that. See, I I would like to see Rick's group um, establish something along the lines of, we're not going to kill the living. Although she did kill, I mean, that's the thing, that's... That seems to be one of Rick's things. You don't kill the living. Yeah. Um, so she, and she did. She was a murderer. I don't know that I buy that he was, like, trying to spare her. He might have inadvertently spared her. Uh, I yeah, I don't think that life. entered his moral calculus. Yeah. He just wanted um, her gone, and but he didn't – wasn't – so I guess yeah. he wasn't going to kill her. I mean, he that was the benefit of the doubt he gave her their relationship. I think so. But there's no need. It's kind of like, you know, why go out of your way to kill a zombie? It's not bothering you. Yeah, I don't think she's going to come back like the governor and try to get revenge on Rick for banishing her. <laughs> that's kind of what I was trying to get with you about, like, where do you think she left off? Because that's my feeling, too. There doesn't oh, okay. seem to be much anger or vengeance yeah, there. Yeah, it was indifference, for Ooh. sure. <laughs> I, I said that, like, eight times at the end of this episode. <laughs> well, I was <laughs> thinking other thoughts and, and other places, Jim. Ooh. Ooh, okay. Uh, Laura says, yeah, we're, trying, we're ready for Laura. Laura says, as for D'Angelo's alcohol issues, why has no one mentioned the obvious? Take D-Bob back to the prison and get Herschel to be a sponsor. Then we can start a 12-step program, taking turns reading how it works at the start of the meeting. And by the way, what the hell is Daryl going to say to Rick when he says he ran off Carol? I'm alternately dreading his confrontation and really looking forward to it. That for sure is some conflict that must be resolved. Yeah, yeah. When he sees Carol not there, he's going to at least want to know what happened. And I don't think Rick is going to lie to him. Like you said yeah. earlier, He that's not Rick. Rick, uh, yes. I just don't see that in the character. Yeah, um, no, you're right about that. 
I don't think that we've seen the last of Carol, Hipster Boy, or for that matter, the governor. Carol will be back, I think, and maybe save Rick's bacon in some last-minute way. I think we probably will see the Hipster Boy as well, even if it's just as a zombie, and he'll be wearing that watch of Rick's. Mm, he can take that it back. That could be a strong... Although, how far how far from the prison do you think, Rick? I feel like there are pretty good ways. Eight miles. No. They're absolutely... He says no, it is eight that's miles other north. Group, right? No. Oh, you're right. No, you're he right. says it's eight miles north. You're right. Here. My fault. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Eight miles away. So, he could make it eight miles as a zombie, right? I mean, that horde was like 50 miles away for all we know. Well, I mean, even if he's... And I assume it's coming. Yeah. I mean, even if he's just shuffling along at one mile an hour, he could make that in eight hours. So, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, Mariana Cat says, was wondering what y'all thought about Carol's inconsistent mothering urges. In this episode, we huh. see her go from giving a motherly re- lecture to Lizzie, then forbidding her from calling her mom, to telling the dumb and dumber fruit-picking duo that she has two girls and daughters back to prison, to telling Rick that she's completely moved off from Sophia, to pitting up a very weak fight when Rick banishes her. She made a promise to a dying man to watch over his little girls, and now she backs off and, on that without so much as a strong emotion. When she lost Sophia, she was devastated, and then she showed strong maternal instincts with Judith. Then she set up a school reading club ninja training for the kids. In fact, she was so maternal that Lizzie's dying father chose her to essentially be his daughter's new mom. And she accepted that hesitation, and now she bails so easily? I don't get it. That? Yeah, it did feel weird coming off of, I don't know if it was last week or the week before uh, with their father. I think it was the week before. Um where she seemed to be kind of broken up about about that whole situation and how it related to Sophia, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the vibe that I got during that episode, and now she's right. It's completely different here. I can't argue with that. So I, I don't know. Did anything change in the last episode that we missed? Like, was there some event that happened? I don't think... all of a sudden Carol's all indifferent now and callous and... I don't I, think so. Well, so the way I took this performance, I'm glad you asked this because I didn't get a chance to mention this on the the cast, is that did you notice there's one point when she's like, Rick, it's me, where she was starting to get really emotional, and then she just completely shut that down. And I think that ties into hmm. her earlier talk about how to become a survivor, a hardcore, you know, died in the wool survivor, that you have to keep fighting and fighting and pushing those feelings down. And I think that was her taking her own advice. She just kind of like is kind of wow. chilling yeah. the way she's able to flip a switch and go from like, okay, well, if that's my new reality, that's my new reality. Give me my <laughs> gas can and get the fuck out of your hair. Yeah, good point. And I thought, you know, so her giving that watch could almost be seen as her divesting herself of the in, uh, uh, of her sentimentality that she had towards the group. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, she, you know, she talked earlier about the about her husband a little bit and how she was kind of. You know, she can't believe how long she let that go on right. uh, and still cared for the guy in some perverse way. And her getting rid of that watch was also part of that, you know? Like, that's her memento that she's been holding on from this guy. Uh, she gave it away. Should have given it away a long time ago, she says. So. Can't argue that. Makes sense. That's all we got, except for spoilers. That's it? Which wow. we have quite a few to talk about from our con experience and a couple of listener takes. Uh, mostly comic book spoilery. Okay. Um, well, then hit us with an outro. Let's get to it. If you'd like to send us feedback, you can do so at watchingdead at baldmove.com. You can also follow along our live Facebook 
uh, viewing comment thread dealies at facebook.com slash bald move. Jim does a live tweet thing over at bald move on Twitter. And that's a cast. Wow. That was a quick outro today. Uh, I'm so quick that I'm not prepared to go <laughs> to take us out. I'm getting my throat. Uh, I, my right. voice is, is approaching finale and we still have a skit to record. Okay. Well, so. then, uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. And unless you're sticking around for the spoilers, we'll see you next week. And until then, I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. See you next week. We're back with the spoiler section. Uh, what do we have for spoilers this week? All right. So you 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 know a little bit about the the prison thread. I've heard about it. Yeah. Andrew Lincoln said a bunch of interesting things. He was actually the most forthcoming of everybody. I feel like he's got the most power to. He could say whatever he wants. People. Yeah. What they're yeah. going to do? Fire him? Right. Um. He said a couple things. Number they're one, they're going to drive him out to a housing <laughs> addition and leave him, banish him. <laughs> Uh, number, number one, that Rick is going to use a very unorthodox slash creative melee weapon. weapon. Yes. In this season. What the hell do you think that could possibly be? I have no idea. I mean, they've used a ninja sword. What could be so... I'm thinking it's something that's not meant to be used as a weapon. Um... But when you look at it, it makes a lot of sense as a weapon. It's like a, like a sling blade. <laughs> sure. Like, not like a crowbar because, you know, that's been done to death. Yeah, that, I'd be very pissed, Andrew, if that's what you yeah. bust out on us. But something like that where it's like, oh, yeah, okay, that makes perfect sense as a weapon to kill zombies. But I didn't think of it. Hmm. I'm trying to think what would be spectacular. Like surely not like a chainsaw. You think The Walking Dead would go there? I mean, a chainsaw's been done over and over. And you can't do it better than Peter Jackson anyway. So, mm. well, actually, no. Sorry. That wasn't even a chainsaw. A lawnmower. That would be incredible. <laughs> if Rick just picks up a lawnmower in an homage to Peter Jackson. Yeah. Uh, that might be cool. Um, I, I don't know. What other weapons do they have at their disposal? A Sawzall. An electric chair? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. Because the more I think about it, it's like, what could be so awesome? Anyway, I don't know, because he wasn't taking that. That was a, a, a dude stood up and wanted to talk hardcore zombie survival, Andrew Lincoln. Yeah. Uh, pro and tip, that he will humor you, but become bored of the question quickly. Yeah, he deflected pretty well. Um, a couple things. He mentioned Chandler Riggs and how much growth he's done as an actor. And he says that, I believe he said this mid-season finale mm-hmm. is a Carl Spotlight. Yeah. Now, where he almost carries the episode, he himself. carries the episode himself. There's a couple of things here. If you're a comic book fan, my first thought is: Are they finally going to do the arc where Rick and Carl? Um, so, if if the if the prison gets overrun at the mid season point, one thing that happens in the comic is everybody runs pell mell, general retreat. Rick and Carl get holed up somewhere, and Rick gets um, succumbs to some sort of sickness, mm-hmm. and which would make sense in this current thread we're doing. He finally gets sick, and they have to hole up in this house, and it's this intense arc where this it's his dad in a coma almost, hmm. and Carl having to protect him, and at 
and and Carl is guilt is angry at his father for kind of abandoning him this way. And he's frightened because he's a kid and he has false bravado that I don't need you anymore. But then he breaks down and he's scared that his dad's going to die. And it's a tough thing to watch in the comics. Do you think that could be what they're talking? I hope so. It sounds incredible. And it, and it I, seems to line up, right, with the infection, like you said. And I feel like they're going to miss their opportunity if they wait one more year because this fucking Carl kid's getting huge. <laughs> Carl yeah. Jr. is growing. My lead. He's going to be Carl Sr., Next season. <laughs> He's going to surpass his dad <laughs> in age. Um, so I think that's a strong that possibility. Cool. Yeah. The other, um, they're clearly laying groundwork, I think, with this Lizzie to be mm-hmm. her and her sister be the um, the twins. The replacement of the twins, which yeah. I don't know how I feel about because I feel like Lizzie's just a little too old for this. Mm-hmm. Um, but we talked about this in the section before. If Lizzie kills her little sister... And then says, you know, well, she's just going to come back. What's the big deal? What if it's the other way around? That could be that she's heard her big sister talk about this enough that she does it. Yeah. Well, the the problem with the adults is they're like, shit, what do we do? There's this girl. She's crazy. Well, Carl just takes upon himself to kill her mm-hmm. and says, well, the adults couldn't do it. Is that enough of a showpiece for him to carry the episode? I, I feel like I, it's the latter or the, the former example. So, uh, yeah, I feel like that might be uh, the stronger way to go. However, think about that decision of Carl's in light of what just happened mm. on this show and what he did to Carol for doing the same thing. Mm. Yeah, and... I don't know, man. That's that pretty would be strong. That would be a strong finale as well, which wouldn't involve them getting run off of the prison grounds. But, I, but you're probably right. They're going to get run off the prison grounds. So I think... I think the former because the, the way they're going to go. But the, the, so okay. The other thing he said is that the current mid the current. So we're talking about the mid season finale. The other mm-hmm. thing Andrew Lincoln said was that next season's finale that they're filming right now is the darkest and most adult Walking Dead has ever been. Which hmm. you know, keep in mind, we're talking about. Um, Sophia died, the death of Sophia. We're talking about the, you know, rape of Maggie. Yeah. Could we be talking about Michonne's revenge on the governor? Mm, I, could they just go balls to the wall with no, that? No, no fucking way. And it's already been done. Like, what do you mean? That scene has already happened. The, the governor lost his eye. I think that's the AMC version of you know, getting huh. as getting your eyeball scooped out with a spoon <laughs> after okay. it was shoved up your asshole, mind you. Yeah. Um. So no, I don't. I don't. Yeah, think but that. Doesn't, doesn't a lot more stuff happen with like infiltration of the prison, and he sends somebody in, and he what gets if somebody the hunter plot cuts line. their head off, and okay. So here's what I'm thinking. Okay. But it, I I don't know how I don't know how to reconcile this with my thoughts that the mid season they get run off the prison by this this horde of zombies they've been telegraphing so in in and when the governor returns for the second time in the comics he has captured tyrese mm-hmm. and he used he says i'm going to behead tyrese if you don't open up these prison gates yeah and he cuts his head off because rick obviously doesn't 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 let up what if he captures carol and threatens to cut her head off and that's the and, and and does. And does, yeah. Like, he cuts Melissa McBride's head right off 
on camera in front of the gates as a prelude oh, to an all-out war with the prison. Because uh, we haven't seen the last of her. I don't think she would join the governor because I saw a lot of people suggesting that. I don't think so, no. And I don't – because I don't think there's any animosity. Um, I – what do you think of that? It's not a bad idea, uh, especially if it leads to the all-out attack and maybe like the zombies overrunning them. I don't know. I, the, I feel like the zombies are going to happen before the governor happens. But I don't know how they deal with that massive horde. Uh, I, I don't know. I like the idea. I mean, like it I would got, certainly be impactful, right? A, and, and, a character who we have grown to love comes back in great peril and then is killed <laughs> immediately. Yeah. And it's weird because I've, these are all great ideas, but they're kind of mutually exclusive. Gotcha. Yeah. And, you can't do all of them this season. Right, right. Um, and if you don't, you miss your window for a lot of them. For so. some of them, yeah. And I – yeah, the way the, – uh, Chandler Riggs carrying an episode um, and being a showcase piece, I feel like it's got to be him and Rick in that cabin as a bottle episode, and that would be Either way it goes, remarkable. I'm super excited about that because I think that kid's got some serious chops, Yeah, and I'm looking for him to flex a little bit more. Yeah, uh, la- The end of last season was fantastic with the stuff he was doing. Yeah, and I, I got the clear impression that Andrew Lincoln came as close as he could possibly say – to call him bullshit on large swaths of season two and season three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He specifically yeah. praised Frank Darabont, <laughs> mentioned that's the reason he got into this project, and he loved the sensitive yet uh-huh. um, dark portrayals that they did in that season. Mm-hmm. And then he specifically praised Scott Gimple for the new direction and the improved writing. Uh-huh. There was no mention of Mazzara. And there's at also, all. he talks about like the things that they try to do with every. Or the, the things that they're, they set out to do with every episode, like the excellent writing, the excellent acting, all this stuff. He says, and and we when we hit those, and and we try to come as close as we can to those. So he admits that they don't always. And he hit says that sometimes mark. it doesn't work, but I hope you can tell that we, as the actors, yeah. are trying. I uh-huh. felt like that's as close as you can come to an actor to basically calling Mazera out. When, when did I? Am I am I off on an island on that? No, no, no. I, th- I think you're absolutely right there. I mean, mention the other two showrunners by name specifically. This other yeah, asshole I... that ran it for two seasons, who is he? <laughs> who is he? Um, Never heard of him. <laughs> but I got to say every – because I got to talk to quite a bit of the cast and crew, and everyone seemed universally – and again, they're paid actors promoting a product. Yep. They're for money. Um, but they all – universally seem very jazzed about the expanded characterizations and, and, and roles that they're given. Yeah. I, I'm jazzed. About I am it. too. So, um, is there anything else I'm forgetting, Jim? Not unless you have some spoiler emails. I do. do. JH says, I've been reading the walking dead since 2006. So I'm a bit of an expert. This casting gets two thumbs up. I don't think you're familiar with the character of Eugene. I'm not. No. But they've casted um, a retired at 35 alum, Josh McDermott. And okay. he looks like a doughy sack of shit. <laughs> As he should. And Eugene looks like a doughy sack of shit. I do believe that is very good casting. Like, sure. sometimes a show takes liberties with characters. Like, I don't know that Andrew Lincoln is the exact physical representation of Rick Grimes. Uh-huh. But every once in a while, they knock it out of the park. Like, Michonne, boom. Shane, Dale, boom. Nah, nah, I Dale. I don't. I don't Not Dale. Dale. Nah, 
I don't know. It's I actually thought Lori was comic. really good. I think Carl is really good, but this guy is knocked out of the park. Hmm. All right. Um, Should have hired me if they wanted a doughy sack of shit. He'll be joined by, and we <laughs> talked about this, a Southland alum, um, Michael, oh God, Kudlitz, um, as uh, Abraham. So I wonder, and man, I wish, you need to at least catch up to like episode 50, 60. Um, because I would love to get your take on, do you think that's going to be a, this season? Is that going to be a next season? Um, you know, if, if they get run off the prison this season or this mid, this half of the season, the next season is kind of their wandering phase. Yeah. Because that's another way that the walking dead could get dark is they could do the, the hunter, uh, plot line. Sure. Um, I, I feel like that Eugene and, and Abraham will show up around, in in right at the the mid season if that's if that's the case where they're going with that. But anyway, um, any thought any more thoughts on that? No, sir. Marky e says um, interesting. Uh, he talked about our last week's comments that they're interesting thoughts on the Walking Dead sister show spinoff. But I got to say, I'm looking forward to a fresh cast and setting. Um, how many long hard Georgia winters do we have to live through? Personally, I like to see a Southwest U.S. slash Northern Mexico setting. Would have a very different feel. Great material for human conflict with the dissolution of the nation-state borders. <laughs> That's a hell of an idea. Uh-huh. Because sure. one of the coolest things about the bridge was that kind of dichotomy, and you just erase that border. Uh-huh. That would be fucking wild. Um, and based on Breaking Bad, plenty of locations in Albuquerque that already look like they've been abandoned due to the apocalypse. Uh, if Bald Move does a podcast, it should be called Breaking Zed. <laughs> Breaking Zed. Nice. Who wouldn't love to see a still gnashing zombie head duct taped to a tortoise in a New Mexico desert as an homage? <laughs> that would be pretty fucking yep, cool. That would be awesome. <laughs> that would be cool. I totally 100% co-signed that idea. He says, plus to date, the only Latino Hispanic characters on the show have been fleeting with that one family uh, that Merle and Daryl saved on the bridge. What's his face from season one? Who left and uh, we called him Chubbs, I believe. <laughs> Chubbs. Who left to try to meet up with his family on the coast and the criminal underutilization of Martinez, who has a favorite character of mine from the comics and the Governor books. Uh, I'm not being overly PC here. This is about locking in a growing de- demographic uh, of uh, American viewers and giving the spinoff show a distinct culture. Hey, man, I'm all for more minorities in entertainment. I'm big. Uh, I'm a supporter of that. Um, have you seen the new comedy series Brooklyn Nine Nine with Andy Sandberg? Uh, I haven't seen it. The previous it's looked kind of funny, really fucking funny. Right. And the other thing is that show has got a seemingly effortlessly diverse cast. Hmm. All right, well, but you don't I, so much so in that, Brooklyn. I hope so. Geez. So much so that you don't even really notice it until a couple episodes. You're like, holy shit! I think this might be the most diverse cast I've ever seen. Huh. And they don't make a big deal out of it. It just the way it goes. Yeah, I think that's New York for you. Um. Well, there's girls <laughs> set in New York and there's Lily Ass White. Yeah, um, all right. Fair enough. That's all the uh, spoiler email we got. Uh, feels like a good cast. Yeah, solid cast. A good uh, eight-hour long cast. Um, <laughs> and we still got some recording to do. We do. All right. Well, then let's finish this thing up. Thanks, everybody. Are for... we going to keep the Are we going to keep the cameras rolling so they can see the skit process? Uh, we have a lot of work to do on it, so no, I don't think so. Uh, well, Maybe the next time. Mean Jim. Once we have this... Ironed out a little bit more. Mean old Uncle Jim. Denying (laughs) your fun, people. Yep. Cutting you off. Cutting you off. All right. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. See you next week.